Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is Representative Chris England, new chair of the Alabama Democratic Party. Also, the V-Team takes a look at troubling allegations at a charter school in Montgomery. And Alabama's children are dead last in math. I got me a giant brain sitting up here betwixt my ears. Big brain can't do math. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. We tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Beth Clayton, attorney at law and hello, democratic hello. strategist. Hello, Beth. Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire and associate editor of APR. Hello. Hello. And Josh, <laughs> hello. Right. And Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR as well. Guru of nothing. Guru of, well, you you have a swami look about you. Uh, well, smarmy, I think. Sm- isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what most people would say is smarmy. I was thinking smarmy. swami, you know, yeah. swami. Well, this past week, Susan Britt was honored by Business uh, Alabama magazine as one of the top twenty-five women in media. Congratulations, Susan. Thank you, thank you. It was a great honor. Yeah, it was the first time they've done that. Mm -hmm. Josh, you were there. I was, yeah. I made made the trip, unlike some people. Some of us didn't Uh, get the invite, okay? (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah, it was a a fine event. It was a really, really nice event and well-earned from Susan. I mean, she she pays the bill, so we have to say that. But, you know, no, honestly. Wait, you get paid to do this? A lot. Hold on. Uh, but, uh, Hold on. The, uh, <laughs> we have to talk after this. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was uh, it was well deserved. Very and, very well. And it was the inaugural class, the first, mm-hmm. the and it was really to celebrate the accomplishments of women in media. And you certainly have accomplished a great deal. Thank you. And there there was uh, uh, twenty four other women there that that were absolutely inspirational. Yeah, great time. We're very proud of you. I heard one of them coined the term fake news, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, except for one of the University of Alabama. uh, Okay, well, this is going off the cliff now. (laughs) Just headed straight off the cliff. (laughs) All right, well, that was great. Uh, So, Beth, one thing we did learn is that Jethro Bodine of the Beverly Hillbillies was not the only math genius. We have a lot of them here in Alabama. Well, no, we actually don't. Fresh out. We are dead last in math. Right. Dead last. 52 out of 52. Right, and that's impressive since there are no, only 50, 50 states. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 52 out of 50. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Uh, yes. But that's because they, they include the military schools and D.C. But right. we are dead last. Yeah, I'll tell you this, uh, people in Montgomery better hope they never figure out that they can have military schools here because none of those people will ever go back to the Montgomery schools. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a shame. 
that this is where we are. Uh, and it, but it's, I mean, is it really a surprise to anybody here? I mean, is that, is that shocking? I mean, we've been around, you know, doormat status in education for as long as I can recall. Uh, and so, I mean, you get what you put into it. I mean, we got, you know, we pay, we pay Nick Saban as uh, the highest paid public employee in the state, uh, one of the highest paid coaches in the country, great football team. Yeah, pay our teachers eighth worst pay in the uh, in the country. Get the worst results. That's how it works. Not that they don't try. At oh the no, of course at, not. But the resources they're given, they're not giving adequate yes. resources well, to be able to yeah, use the, the skills salaries. they have. The right. salaries not, are reflected. They have the salary. It's the fact right. that you're asking them to teach 35 students. Yes. And so if you have one that's not getting it, they can't go and work. They don't have the ability to do that individualized mm -hmm. study. It just it's. But they weren't doing the best yeah. of what they and got, and we ain't giving them nothing. Even yeah. further than that, if you've got 35 students and you don't have the 35 workbooks that go with yeah. the, the, the textbook, then you can't teach effectively. And, and we have a large budget. It is just not used effectively. 21%, uh, uh, I think it's what, uh, only 21% of the fourth graders can actually write to the mm -hmm. level of proficiency. Yeah, it's and, and when you bring up the salary though on the on, for the teachers, I know that that's it's one of the well, you know, they're not trying for this amount of money, but they would try for this. That's not. It's indicative of the resources that you're contributing to right. the schools overall, right. and that's where we're falling short in a lot of ways. Uh, there, and, and you're right. There are a lot of problems with workbooks going to this this school and not this place. And then there are also pockets of the state that are very, very well funded. Right. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that they do a tremendous job of putting in local Madison, dollars. Madison, Morgan County. Yeah, Madison. They're and, great. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know Mountain Brook. Oh, you yeah, know. Over the mountain oh, yeah. in Jefferson yeah. County. I mean, it's yeah, it's great. You know, but you go right back over the other side of the mountain, and it's terrible. It's and, a new train track. You can yeah. see the difference in what those kids achieve mm -hmm. versus what those other kids achieve, and they're. They're kids. They're coming from the same place, and they're right. start, starting right. at the same we're, level. We're going to have to move on to another subject because we are adding to, we can do math, so okay. we're adding to the people that are running for the U.S. Senate uh, this past we how many now? It's six. That's six. That makes seven, I guess, right? Uh, so we were at six, and now we're... I think we're six, and uh, now seven. Okay. And whatever it is, it's a large number of people running for the U.S. Senate. Jeff Sessions, Susan, has thrown his hat in the ring. He wants his old job back. <laughs> Trump is not very happy. And so it looks to me that this could be another tweet storm from hell coming from the D.C. area. And Jeff Sessions is bringing it right home to Alabama. Yeah, I mean, you can count on the tweet storm coming. It's it's inevitable. I mean, and the rumors with Jeff Sessions getting in been going on for about three months. We've all anticipated he was eventually going to get in, and now he has. But, yes, expect – I mean, I think uh, someone told us that uh, Trump asked one of the other legislators in – Washington, please tell me it's Sessions not running again. But so there, there it goes. Well, in case the president missed it, he's running. Yeah. Uh, but Beth, there, there, they did a poll. They were in the field. There is a path to victory for Jeff Sessions. There is, and he's got name ID, and I think that he's got the ability to raise some money from his old contacts in D.C. But like we talked about before, I don't know that he's got it in him to run a new age campaign. Because he's, for my entire life, he's never had to really run. He's been able to just throw media money at it and fix the problem. Well, Doug Jones isn't going to run that kind of campaign. Doug Jones is going to put boots on the pavement. And he's got some new friends that are going to help him do it now in the party. So 
I just don't see Sessions really, I mean, like somebody said by, behind studio that, you know, he's no General Dahl. He's not going to be out there beating the pavement at 80 years old. Well, he'll be, he'll be 74 uh, this December, Josh. Mm -hmm. we got about 30 seconds. I mean, it's likely that a Republican will win, mm -hmm. but the more Republicans get in and the uglier it gets, the better it is for Doug Jones, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's 74 is old in racist years. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, so he'll have to, I knew we had to get that in. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's coming. Uh, so I think that this is going to be a bloodbath in the Republican, uh, primary, uh, between him and Tuberville. I think Tuberville is going to start swinging early, already has, uh, and there'll be a lot of clips of Donald Trump talking about marbles in his mouth and, you know, putting down the University of Alabama. And so, you know, we'll see how it, how it all pans out. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't bet against the, the, the Trump support in this state right now, right. maybe in a couple months. All right. We're going to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with a special guest, Chris England the new head of the Democratic Party. Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Hello. I'm William Wyatt Bibb, the first governor of Alabama. On December 14, 1819, Alabama became the 22nd state to enter the Union. This year, we celebrate 200 years of statehood. There is no better way to commemorate our 200th anniversary than by registering to vote and securing your government-issued photo ID. Together, let's make a difference for Alabama. of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Representative Chris England, the newly elected chair of the Alabama Democratic Party. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having the time to come on. Yeah. It's historic that you are the first African-American elected chair of the Alabama Democratic Party. I know there's a lot of people that should find that surprising given the fact yeah. that the African-American community has been the backbone of the Democratic Party for decades. Yeah. But it is historic that you've taken on that position. And it is not a small thing that there have been factions that have tried to stop this historic election from happening, not, not because of you, but because of certain 
faction within the Democratic Party. Uh, it is a historic time. People like me and others around the state feel that this is an opportunity for change, yeah. positive change. But one of the things that folks have been asking me is, you, you've got young energy, you've got a lot of young people excited about your, your, your leadership. Yeah. How are you gonna bring those other parts of the Democratic Party that have been dissatisfied or maybe still dissatisfied? How are you gonna bring everybody back together? Well, uh, first, Ian, thanks for having me. Um, and you know, being the first African-American chair in, in 2019 is, is, is remarkable in and of itself. But actually, the, the main thing isn't really, it's, a, it's not about me. It's about the people that you identified that joined the party on uh, November the 2nd. And uh, that energy, that energy is actually in our room now, sitting at our table. Uh, we added over um, 50 um, African-Americans who are under the age of 35 which I'm not, I'm not good at math, but it's probably a thousand percent increase of what we had before. Right. But we also had members, added members of the Hispanic uh, community, LBGTQ community. Um, so, I mean, and I hope that seeing that and being in that room and actually having to uh, address the elephant in the room, which was that, you know, we weren't young. We were actually, our party was dying off because we weren't investing in youth. And I hope that seeing the results that come from what we did Saturday begin to bring some of those folks back over. And again, I, you know, change in, in this fashion, it's scary. Um, some people don't are confused or uh, are being told this, you know, misinformation intentionally to keep them from embracing this change. But once they get a hold of the facts and actually see our party begin to grow, actually fundraise, recruit candidates, start messaging, and actually have some money in the bank and stop talking about a debt that's been there for 20 or 30 years, um, I believe you'll start to see more and more people come over. And that's, that's really one of the things that I noticed when we watched the elections that took place, yeah. is that it became all of a sudden a much more inclusive party and a much more uh, younger party. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, and if you couple that with progressive whites and some dis dissatisfied suburban women, I think you could put together a winning coalition. I really do. I, I, the numbers themselves kind of indicate that. I mean, we had well over 700,000 people, um, or close 700,000 vote for Walt Maddox in our last election cycle. And up until that last election cycle, that would have won you the election. Of course, right. adding a, amendments to the top of the ballot increased Republican turnout, and there was well over a million voters that came out for that election. But there's potential there. And if you see the way the numbers are shifting in North Alabama, um, in Birmingham, and in the, in the suburbs as you identified, there are opportunities that we have to take advantage of. And also, we know that there were hundreds of thousands of people who are registered voters that did not participate. And with an inf infusion of funds, we will be able to use the party infrastructure to now go address that and not only help some people get registered, but also bring them to the polls. You know, I've talked to uh, Republicans, Democrats, independents who will tell me in private that they would like to see a strong two-party system yeah. here in Alabama. I, I certainly do. Uh, and because right now, one-party rule, it's never been good whether it's Democrat or whether it's Republican because we don't have compromise. We don't have bipartisanship. We right. don't get things done for the people. Do you think it's possible that we can see a 
two-party system where there can be compromise? Do you oh, think that's possible? I mean, absolutely. First and foremost, uh, most of the legislation that I know me and my colleagues have sponsored in the legislature wouldn't have passed without Republican support. I mean, it's just it's just a, a part of the system now. But with a competitive two-party system, you'll see more of an, a discussion about Medicaid expansion. Right. With an effective two-party system, you'll see a more effective discussion about criminal justice reform. And also, you know, those numbers that came out these last couple of days about our performance in our, in our public education well, were 52nd. And I had to yeah. actually look and see that they not make somebody up to put us even further right. down. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but we're 52nd. Dead last. Dead, Dead last. Yeah. So that means that, you know, us being able to have a platform, be engaged in public debate means that they will have to answer questions. They will, be, they will have to focus on issues versus focusing on rhetoric that just drives up turnout. Right. So we need to have a two-party system, an effective two-party system, so we can actually begin to talk about and debate issues. And primarily, when we have elections that feature statewide candidates, knowing that we are competitive means that the person on the other side has to actually engage in debates. Right, right. So, I mean, just those fundamentals means that it's better not just for the Democrats or Republicans, but for everybody. Well, I know I talked to one Republican when they were told that they were going to be more Republicans in the House. They said, we already have too many damn Republicans. Well, because they don't have, you know, they, they have to then fight among themselves. Well, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> well, you and the new coalition seem to be the group that can get this done. Do you feel confident that you can raise the money? Because that's the mother's milk of politics. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, there are people who are waiting to give and who, who've been waiting for years because they just needed a shift in leadership to know that the money they were going to give wasn't going to be wasted. Right. And, and I think, uh, hopefully, um, they saw what happened in that room on November 2nd. They see people coming back to the party. They'll be more comfortable in giving and also not just giving but working as well. Well, I have talked to, like I said, Republicans who think you are a strong leader, respect your work in the House, and who are happy and concerned that you might actually be able to be the leader that turns this party around. Well, I, I appreciate that. But you know you're doing bad when your opposition's trying to help you. <laughs> so we got, we got some work to do. Yeah, you do. Well, we appreciate yeah. your effort, appreciate your service to the state. Thank you. Our guest today has been State Representative Chris England, the new chair of the Alabama Democratic Party. We'll be right back with the V-Team's analysis. Hey, I'm Jamie Johnson. When we reach the age of 18, voting becomes our civic duty. But what if it was our job? We wouldn't be so quick to call in sick or go back home if the lines were too long or just dismiss the idea altogether. Elections are also how we collectively write the song that tells our story, and voting is our solitary voice. So register to vote and go get your government-issued photo ID and add your voice to the song of Alabama. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it.
Hey, man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, I've found Representative England very refreshing, mm -hmm. smart, calm, and he, he does have a vision of where he wants to go. The question now is, Susan, can they actually build a viable Democratic Party in Alabama? I think they can. I think they can with the leadership of Chris England as chair, uh, Patricia Todd as vice chair. They're very two very strong leaders, not just, you know, they, they actually know how to lead people, how to get, they're already making, the, the Democratic Party now is already making some really good decisions as far as with people with disabilities, LBGTQ, being more inclusive. I think they're really going to be able to energize a base out there to draw people either to the Democratic Party or revive some of those that have been to the side because they didn't think there was a viable party. There's structural issues, right, Beth, that have to take place that... that uh... There are there are some structural things that we're, we're ironing out as we go, but, you know, one of the things I think that people haven't really considered is for the past 10 years or so, since Judge Kennedy left and Nancy Worley took over, there have been so many of these kind of auxiliary groups that have sprung up. Groups like the Young Democrats, the Stonewall Democrats, the Federation of Democratic Women, people like that who want to be involved in the party, but there's never been a seat at the table for us. And I think one of the best things that's going to come out of the England administration and the new bylaws that now will govern is that all those auxiliary groups now have a seat within the party and have the ability to come to the table. I mean, the Young Democrats, we put what, 48 total at-large youth seats, and many of those were Young Democrats members. And so it's giving people an opportunity to come in instead of having to everybody do their own thing and corral, you know, it's like herding cats. Mm -hmm. Now we're all in one game plan, and that's going to make a big difference for what we do electorally. I mean, Josh, you... you <clears throat> Been a, not only observer, but uh, somebody who's written about and mm -hmm. been involved in Democratic Party politics. What's your take on the whole, the big picture here? Well, I think I think Beth's right, but but even a, a bigger part of that is is you know when you get down into the kind of nuts and bolts of of running campaigns and things, uh, there have been over the last several years a number of kind of splinter groups that are out there raising money on their own and supporting these candidates and trying to do a little bit of opposition research and a little bit of messaging over here with this thing. And now it's because you couldn't rely on the central office of the Democratic Party in this state. Right. You could not, if you sent them money, God knows where it went. Uh, and so you, you didn't, and nobody really trusted, rightly or wrongly, nobody trusted uh, Nancy Worley and Joe Reed to do the right things with the money and to, and to get out and support the candidates. I think that 
is the biggest change that you're going to have is now you have this this centralized unit of people here that I think <laughs> uh, most Democrats in the state are at least going to trust to get behind them and, and and bring you know viable candidates out and then also the other part of this is getting somebody to stand on a stage all the time and say here's this inflammatory issue this is our stance on this. Right, right. Here's what we can do for you. Here's what the working people of Alabama, here's, here's our plan. How does that look to their plan? You know, and that is exactly what the Republicans did mm -hmm. that gave them yes. the State House in 2010. They, mm -hmm. they stole the plan from Rahm Emanuel. Mm -hmm. uh, they identified candidates and they, they brought up <coughs> every issue. They offered a counterside to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Beth. Seven Republicans have been indicted for public corruption of some nature, and yet they keep winning races. Now, you know, but nobody says anything. Nobody's out there yelling about it. Our previous party chair couldn't say anything about corruption and ethics charges because <laughs> the pot and the kettle can't yeah. say nice things to each other. But yeah, and I think it also it, we have to note that this past or this past midterms, when our entire legislative body was up for election, it was people like Chris England and Anthony Daniels who were raising the money, giving the support, holding the trainings. They were standing in the gap in a place that nobody else was. So any you know legislative candidates who were getting support, 90% of the time it was coming from Napoleon Bracey, Chris England, Anthony Daniels, and the people who were around them. So they know how to do this because they've been doing it when the party hasn't. Yeah, it's a it's a, um, uh, it's, a it's a great time if you are the Democratic Party in Alabama. I mean, it should be. It should be a great time for you because everything has failed for Republicans. Every, I mean, you look at what where, where we are with pretty much any, any stat, any statistic you want to bring up, except for employment, which I think we all know is pretty much a joke when you compare it to poverty levels. But at this, at right now, you have all of these problems and zero gains for Democrats. Well, I can assure you that there are many Republicans who will think that is not even a, that is more than a ridiculous argument that Democrats will never come back. What we do know from history mm -hmm. is that a small band of committed individuals can change government mm -hmm. and do because that's the only mm -hmm. thing that's ever worked. Mm -hmm. Before we get out of here this week, Josh, you did a story this week in which Alabama, uh, Montgomery, Alabama's lead academy, which is a charter school, has been accused of more things than Al Capone, it appears. Yes. You know, including, uh, you know, having a secret little bank account, mm -hmm. using money for campaigns, yeah. for, for trying to deny children with disabilities. I mean, these are all allegations. Right, and there were allegations from the former principal of right. the school right. uh, there, who you know probably pretty informed on what was going on yeah. there, uh, and, and there's some documentation to back up a lot of the stuff that was happening there. I will say on on the the part about Charlotte Meadows, is who she's accused of doing a lot of things here. The former principal is Nicole Ivy, and she's accused Meadows of doing a lot of, of things. But uh, in terms of running her campaign, it wasn't necessarily using the money. Not the money. It, it was using the office space and, okay. and operating out of Use, there. I should yeah. said using the school right. facility. Yeah, okay. using Not the school. Money, I apologize. But it's still yeah. resources. Right, it's still resources. Yeah. One of the counts in Mike yeah. Hubbard. Now, this yeah. is the Republican nominee for the, to represent the Montgomery yeah. District. So, okay. again, that's what we're saying. Yeah. This, again, is yeah. a perfect example of, of where Democrats could make some gains. I mean, we got about 15 seconds, Susan, but they wanted to deny, but we, can't, we don't have time to get into it. They wanted to 
may, they were accused of de trying to deny children with disabilities the ability to get into and the if, school. And even if they did get to the school, then they wanted to find a way to get them to go back. Yeah. Right. Last week, we received some very bad news. Champion of education, state school board member Ella Bell passed away at 71. She will be missed.